Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 238 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. Today is Throwback Thursday, and we'll be talking about our Tricksers video. Yes. In the questions, we talk about using your wrist for the forehand topspin, what bat William should use, and long backspin serves. I'm Jeff Plum. And as always, Super Coach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeff. And we're a little technical issues, but uh, we're here and we're ready to roll. We are indeed. It seems like the Google Q&A button is not working properly, so unfortunately, people won't be able to wa- um, won't be able to ask questions live on the show. Hopefully, they can still watch. Um, but we've got a good show anyway, Alois, packed full of good stuff. So I'm Absolutely. sure people yeah. will enjoy it. So we do yes. We do have a couple of viewers online. So if you're watching online right now and you have the ability to ask a question, just let us know. <laughs> yes. I don't think they do, but if you do, ask a question. All <laughs> right. Um this day in history, Alois, let's get straight into the best segment of the show. <laughs> I'm glad you've finally uh, come to that realisation. Um, so not, not 1940, birthday of Chuck Norris, a man that uh, you emulate yourself on, obviously, Jeff. And, <laughs> um, and also in 1896, the first marathon was won and run and won by, I'll have to get, read this, Charileos Vasilakos. I'm guessing he was from Greece. Um, and his time, three hours, 18 minutes. Pretty good. but That uh, is pretty good. What year was that? 1896. That was the well first. Done. Yeah, the first uh, Olympics, modern Olympics. So, um and, and and also, we always come back to it on, on this day, Alexander Graham Bell makes another appearance, the first phone call to Thomas Watson in 1876. There you go. So Alexander. that was the first phone call to Thomas Watson or the first phone call and it happened to be to Thomas Watson? It was the first, first phone call and it happened to be to Thomas Watson. There you go. All right. Well done, Alexander Graham Bell. Makes he, he right. on this every single day. I reckon that telephone thing is like you know, it's a bit overrated now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who uses a telephone exactly? <laughs> All right, um, yesterday's Pink Sealers question of the day was How old is too old to be a world class player? Yes, and Matt Massey has the correct answer 47 years and four months old. No, well. That was, he said, that's just a guess. Um, but um, Mark O'Reilly said 30. That's, yeah, that's that's pretty young, really, given that bowls. How old's bowl? 35. Um, so Thad said, depends on the player's fitness. Um, and Glenn O'Day said, you should probably ask that 93-year-old lady who competed at the World Veterans Championships last year. So, yeah, I think, you know, the... the uh, the, the message here I'm getting is that, you know, you can play table tennis for quite a long time, but at the at the top level, you know, I reckon you know, 30 to 35, I reckon 35 is just about where you start to 
you know, draw the line. I think from about 25, you know, maybe physically you start to decline with speed, etc. But you are gaining a lot in experience and knowledge and um, and and tactically, uh, etc. But then you know, I think once you get to about 35, I think it all starts to starts to catch up with you. Um, yeah. Um, Akshat said uh, his answer was dead. So, and that might might be the best answer of all. Indeed. Keep on playing table tennis till you die uh, at a world-class level. Awesome. All right. Now, that moves us on to today's Ping Skills question of the day, which is, what is the most difficult thing about table tennis? So get involved, jump on the Ping Skills Facebook page, uh, www.facebook.com slash pingskills or onto the Ping Skills blog at pingskills.com and let us know what is the most difficult thing about table tennis. Now we are running the uh, Power of Practice competition at the moment. This is where you pick a skill, the table tapper or the spin catcher, and practice it for five minutes a day. Send us your videos with the hashtag power of practice. And Alois, you've been working on the spin catcher. How is it progressing? Yeah, you know, it, it, I, I feel like I'm on, you know, one of those yo-yo things and and I'm definitely on the stock market um, graph. So every day, like, you know, one day I'm up, next day I'm down, next day I'm up. next. So yesterday was like, it was just an ordinary day, you know, just I did my practice, didn't really achieve too much. Start feel like I'm starting to plateau a little bit with my skill improvement. Um, but I guess you know that that five minutes is now in the bank. Um, it's a bit more experience I've got under my belt. Um, yeah, don't know. Yeah, a little bit, little bit low after yesterday's practice. Okay, how's now, the table clapper? Yeah, it's pretty good. But do you feel like you're ever going to get to the Marcus Freitas stage where you can just do like four in a row where you really rip a lot of spin and let it just on your bat and then catch it? I reckon I reckon it's possible. I think, yeah, I think I can. But, um, yeah, it's. I think it's going to take a lot longer now. Um, the, the other interesting issue is just the um, it, it's such a fine skill that the um, – the performance of your rubber at that time makes a big difference, I feel. Like yesterday was really humid, and I think that um, made a bit of a difference with the grip. Um, you know, just it's such a such a fine squeak that you need to get on that ball. Um, yeah, but, yeah, so I think, you know, then to have the ability to do that under a lot of conditions takes a much bigger amount of time you know maybe you can do it you know once and maybe you can do it once under you know perfect conditions um yesterday was a little bit windy i was doing it outside there was a little bit of breeze as well you know might have contributed as well but um yeah so so to to be able to um achieve that skill under all conditions i think it's going to take a long time okay interesting um, yeah, my table tap is going well. I worked on the backhand. I'm getting a little better at doing it on the backhand. And then I actually tried switching. But there's such little time between the, the ball hitting the table and coming back. It's really quite difficult. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do switching consistently. Um, but we'll see. I'll keep practicing and uh, we'll see how far I get. 
Yeah, can you do can you do like five backhands, five forehands? You know, something like that. Oh, five backhands, then switch five forehands, maybe, hmm. maybe. But I, you know, I'm still haven't given up on just the switching. But I could try a few practices like that. Good thinking. Yeah, and there's there's a bit of interest around. Yeah, you know, still we're, we're getting lots of uh, videos, um, hearing lots of comments around town from um, from different people about the spin catcher and the table tapper. So uh, yeah, get on board and uh, show us your efforts and even if you exactly even... if you haven't started yet still plenty of time pick the table tapper or the spin catcher start your practice send us your videos with hashtag power of practice all right alloys it is as i mentioned at the start of the show throwback thursday what are we talking about for this segment today yeah we're talking about one of our old videos the trick serves video so um, it was a bit of fun, really, the, uh, the trick serves video that we did. It was, um, uh, you know, it's lots of, lots of long serves and trick serves and stuff. But um, I think the best thing is if you guys get on there, watch it, and I, I challenge you to not be saying yes after the video. <laughs> That's 90% of the comments on that video are just yes. Uh, it is quite funny. And um, a little guest appearance by a certain um, black and white creature in the stands as well, which people often comment about too. That's probably yes. the other 10% of comments. Um, yeah, so get on, take a look at uh, the Tricksters video. And if you can, try some of them yourself. It's all good fun. All righty. That means it is time for the questions. And the first one is about using your wrist for lifting backspin. And this is from Eugene. He says, when doing the forehand topspin against backspin, does using the wrist help lift the backspin easier? And if so, why? Yeah. So um, the, wrist, the wrist will help because it increases the speed of your racket. So if I lift the bat like that, okay, it's moving it that pace. Now my arm's not changing speed, but now I'm using my wrist. So you can see now that the bat is moving a lot faster. So why is that better? Because it generates more friction, more speed to be able to lift that ball up and over the net. So especially if there's um, a lot of backspin on the ball, so that little bit of wrist will um, increase the the, the grip and the and the and the rip and being able to lift that ball up and over the net, it's not something that um, I want you to go out and start uh, your forehand topspin with. You know, you don't need to start with all this wrist, and I think it just adds to um, adds to confusion and adds to um, inconsistency. So to start off with, yeah, you don't need to use your wrist too much. Just allow the bat to come through. You can then start to just relax your wrist a little bit more. And you'll see that it'll start to move through with um, the weight of the bat. So, so yeah, just uh, just focus on that. And then after a while, you can start to think about just utilising your wrist a little bit more and bringing it bringing it through uh, with the stroke. But yeah, don't don't focus too much on the wrist, especially at the start. But you know, if you're finding that you are uh, finding it difficult to lift that backspin ball, you know, maybe you can just increase the use of the wrist uh, slightly to, to help you with, uh, with the lift. 
Yeah, I've sort of seen Alice. I don't think it's a real problem that you need to use your wrist to lift it because you've got your whole arm and your legs and your waist. And so I think there's a lot of momentum. And often I see people using their wrist and they're they're concentrating totally on that and the rest of their shot is just all off. They haven't got the right start position, the right finish position, and it's just kind of very wristy. And I've seen a lot of players use that. So I I often worry when people start talking about using the wrist because I think, like you said, much better if you concentrate on the start position, the finish position, you know, using your uh, your waist and your legs and all that kind of stuff seems to be, uh, yeah. you know, easier yeah. for people to get right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That, that is the, um, the more important part of the stroke is that, that arm um, and the body position. Uh, yeah, that, that wrist is just, you know, a little bit of added extra. And, and you're completely right, Jeff. I see a lot of players when they start to think about, okay, I'm going to use my wrist, this happens, yep. And that just doesn't cut it. You can't, you just can't play a proper forehand topspin stroke um, if you're not starting and finishing in the right position with your arm as well. So the arm is first, or yeah, the arm action is first, and then you can add a little bit of wrist to that exact same arm action. Don't try to change the arm action with it. Okay, so yeah, if you are thinking about your wrist, you must make sure you're still getting that nice, good start and finish positions. All right. Thanks for the question, Eugene. Um, next up is a question from William about the Marlin Extra. He says, I've been planning to get a Yasaka Marlin Extra Offensive with Mark V rubber. But my question is, can it do chops? I like to occasionally do chops, but I don't quite know if Mark V rubber and this blade can do it that well. Yeah. So um, the Mark V rubber, firstly, is a, is a good all-round rubber. Um, and you can chop with it. Uh, you can top spin with it. You can block with it. So if you're a if you're a player that's you know been playing for six months, twelve months, uh, you're starting to establish your strokes pretty well with a pre-made bat. Then then that Mark V rubber can be really um, a good uh, next step. So you can chop with the ball. Um, it's not too fast. But one of the other reasons I wanted to put this question up on here was um, a few people made comments on the, on there that, you know, well, Marlin um, Ma doesn't chop. So, um, you know, it can't be, can't be good for, um, for chopping. Let me tell you, Marlin probably hasn't used Mark V for about 20 years. Um, so, you know, when, when, when people name these blades and the, and the rubbers and all those sorts of things, don't think that they're actually using these things. They're just putting their name to, um, to this equipment. So, um, yeah, I, I think we often get, you know, drawn in by, by those sort of, um, by those sort of, um, advertising and those sort of gimmicks. So yeah, Marlin, magnificent player, definitely doesn't use Mark V. <laughs> Certainly not. Yeah. And um, and it is difficult for people, Alois, because there's so many choices. Um, so when you come to pick a bat, it's like too much information. I don't know what to get. And I can see why people just want to know more and, and just ask questions to try and get the right information. But in the end, you know, a lot of these rubbers are all similar. As long as you get a reputable um, brand, you and pick something, you're going to be fine. 
you know. I know that's not easy for people to understand with so many choices, but, you know, you can't go too wrong if you stick with something that's uh, reputable and as we talk about in our How to Choose a uh, Table Tennis Bat, that matches your level. Yeah, I think so. And, Jeff, I think, yeah, we we got drawn into this on a different topic, didn't we? We were looking at cameras and... um, and we were, you know, Jeff and I spent, you know, months talking about, oh, should we get this camera? Should we get that camera? Should we do this? Should we do that? And we actually um, sent a question to someone. I can't even remember who it was, Jeff. We sent a question to someone about um, cameras. And you know what they came back with? They said, you know, it really doesn't matter too much. <laughs> just choose something reasonable in, in your in your range and just go for it. And um and we sort of sat there and we laughed at ourselves because, you know, we get these questions about table tennis equipment all the time and we think, oh, man, you know, what are these guys so worried about with all these different um, different rubbers and things? But we understand your pain, but, you know, um, yeah, it really doesn't make a lot of difference, like the cameras. <laughs> Indeed. That, that was funny. Yes. All right, well, let's get off equipment and on to long backspin serves. Um, The next question says, I see that people mostly mention short serves with different spin, variations and fast long serves with topspin or no spin. But what about a long and fast backspin serve? Can it be effective and how to make the backspin serve really fast if possible? Yeah. That question was from Ilya. Yep. Thanks, Ilya. So the the long, fast backspin is a difficult serve. Why? Because by putting backspin on the ball, the ball's going to tend to float a little bit. It's not going to... So with the topspin, it'll dip down quickly. With the float, it's going to tend to float a little bit and it can go off the end of the table really easily. So you do have to practice this one a lot. You've got to get it really precise if you're going to get that long and fast backspin serve. Really crucial to get um, the, the first contact close to you on your side of the table. So it needs to be really fast, really close to you to give the ball plenty of time to go up over the net and then come down again on the other side. Um, if you get that backspin first bounce, you know, mid-table or closer to the net, there's no chance of it taking off in time clearing the net and then coming back down again. So so that's probably the most crucial part about the long backspin serve, get the contact, oh, oh, sorry, the first bounce really close to your side on the, on the first bounce. And, yeah, if you do this well, Alois, it is a really effective serve. It comes quick. If people are looking to return a short serve, they can be a bit off balance. And that backspin, they need to lift it, so they need to be in a good position. So... Yeah, I really like the long, fast backspin serve as a, as a surprise weapon. Yeah, and I suppose the other thing to 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 emphasise here is that you're not trying to put a bucket load of backspin on it. You don't have to put you know like the same amount of backspin as you would for a for a slow serve. The speed and the little bit of backspin really act as a force to to drag the ball um, down into the into the net. Off, uh, off your opponent's bat. So it's just a little bit of backspin, um, a lot of speed, and it is really effective. It drops down off the bat really quickly. 
Yeah, it is, it is good. Um, I still think, you know, the heavy backspin is an option. But it, as you said, the more backspin you put on it, the slower you've got to make that serve because of that floating action. So I guess it's just weighing up. You know, get out there, practice, experiment with different amounts of spin, different amounts of speed, and just see how fast you can make it. Um, and one good idea, Alois, is actually, you know, in practice, try and serve the ball off the end of the table just so you get a bit of an idea about how hard you have to hit the ball to actually serve it off the end. What are you talking about, Jeff? You want, to, you want me to try and miss? Yeah, absolutely. Just so you get the feel because a lot of people are serving it think they're serving it long, but it's only bouncing halfway up the other side of the table. Yeah, no, it is. You're absolutely right, Jeff. It's a really good um, learning tool when you're, when you're practicing is to, is to just see where the limit is at the end of the table. So I see it so often people practice their long, fast serves and they will never, ever serve one off the end of the table. So if you don't do that, you just don't know the scope uh, of how fast you can actually serve it uh, before it goes off the end. So, yeah, so definitely if you're not serving, you know, 10%, 20% off the end of the table when you're trying a long, fast serve, then you're really missing out on on exploring the, the range of where you can get to. All right, there we go. So get out, practice your fast serves and try and serve a few off the end. All right. Good one, Alois. That wraps up show 238. Thanks, everyone, for watching. And uh, make sure you go to pingskills.com and sign up for our free account where you can watch all our videos and get our newsletter. And thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeff. And we will see you tomorrow for Friday Funnies. Yes. Awesome. Can't wait. See you, everyone. Have a great day.